Hello folks, we are back again. What are you waiting for? Grab your headphones and tune into Amateur Cricket Box. So this episode is all about the scenes in and around the Ashes 2023. Today, we amateurs are going to chat about strategies, team selections and updates about the highly anticipating cricketing series down under. By the way, this is going to be a dual performance. Myself Kalyan and along with my friend Pada here today, we are going to talk, talk about the highs and lows of both the cricketing sides who are eager to battle for the urn. Right now, the stage is set. We are going to witness more than a game of cricket for next six and a half weeks. You may ask why. Let's ask Pardha. Yeah, hi all. I think uh, from a, purely from a sporting point of view, especially with regards to cricket, I don't think there is no rivalry which comes close to an Ashes series. Um, right from the early 2000s, that's where when I started watching the Ashes, I think my first uh, uh, memories of watching an Ashes game was I think the 2005 series. It's regarded as one of the greatest series ever played uh, between two sides. But after that, again, it was a quick reality check for England. They went down in 2007. Uh, I don't want to use a word in a podcast, but they were absolutely annihilated uh, by the then mighty Australian side. Then you had England uh, pulling up things a little bit. They won a first series in Australia in like 40 years or something like that in 2010. And to be honest, England did have a really great side in 2010-2012. They also won a series in India. Uh, So that was a golden phase for uh, England. Then they came to Australia again in 2013-14. And we all know uh, it's a series of Zeus, the Mitchell J of us. Mitchell J was fast and furious and completely blown away the English side. Ending careers, that's what the Aussies like to say about it. Well, I don't want to mention a couple of names when you talk about ending careers. It's going to create a more rivalry than the game of cricket here. But until I saw the Ashes Test uh, series, so I was really thinking that it's going to be like they are really enemies, but it's it's only a sport eventually. Uh, until if you remember, Justin Langer mentions like this is only a sport. Don't look at it as a battle or something, because when you look at the behind, behind the scenes in the dressing room, when they catch up for a couple of beers and stuff, I think that is something we are not used to as a 2000 kids, because uh, the back then Australians were very aggressive. Now the scales might have just tilted a bit because Pat Cummins is being a bit defensive or he wants a calmer environment around him. Like everyone needs to be soothed and relaxed. What do you say? Ah, definitely. I think <clears throat> Pat Cummins is not your typical Australian skipper. Uh, from we as growing up, we saw captains like Ricky Ponting, Steve Waugh, absolute out and out hard players who play the cricket hard give nothing away to the opposition they don't even smile on the field let alone giving something to the opposition so we are used to that brand of uh, australian cricketers i think michael clark was also the last of the great australian skippers uh then after that kind of felt that they don't have the team anymore to do that uh steve smith had a good team briefly then we all know that he was hit by sandpaper and the entire uh, australian cricket team went for a toss uh, I think right now they are in an extremely good space. Pat Cummins, uh, though, is a pretty defensive captain. I think they have been doing really well uh, over the past two years. And the World Test Championship is just icing on the cake. Uh, so, let's see how he tackles the pressure of an overseas Ashes series. He has done well at home. So, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of uh, things he comes up with. And remember, this is going to be his first Ashes series away from home. It will be a testament of leaderships for both Ben Stokes and Pat Cummins. This must be the ultimate series they ever want to win as a captain before they hang their boots, right? 
So usually Ben Stokes seems to be aggressive with the backing of McCollum, who is inducing some T20 cricket into the Test. And on the other hand, as you know, Pat Cummins has been a relaxed individual, as I mentioned, like calm environment, which is not very Australian way. So how do you st- take Ben Stokes' captaincy and with McCollum coaching? Uh, Ben Stokes has been a captain for more than a couple of months. I think it's been close to a year, and uh, okay, my he, ha- he has done he has done he has done some phenomenal things actually. Ben Stokes, uh, I think the Pakistan series stands out. Uh, it's not easy to win overseas, and especially winning overseas three nil against a decent Pakistan side is uh, very creditable. And it's not about it's not about they them winning. 3-0 but the manner in which they have won uh, I think they have they, clo- they scored close to some 500 runs in a day which is an absolute scary proposition for bowlers all around uh, Australia do have a quality attack in Cummins Stark Hazelwood Boland uh, whoever they pick Lyons but uh, they're going to come up with something which they have not come up in recent times uh, an ultra aggressive uh, batting lineup pretty unconventional they have Ben Tuckett opening with Zach Crowley uh, Zach Crowley has he had a very start and stop test career scored runs all against Pakistan but nothing apart from it Ben Tuckett um, white ball white ball Kevelier I think uh, was doing decent things as a test opener so England have taken the completely unconventional route which is going to challenge Australia massively. Uh, Australia will find it hard to contain them. Uh, let me not get wrong. Uh, don't get me wrong. But um, even though Australia are coming from pretty high, they're going to struggle against England. There's no question about it. Yes, uh, adding to that bowling duo, uh, as you mentioned, I would like to mention Michael Nisar as there as well. He's been on the sidelines for a while now, but what an amazing bowler he is. We have seen his county stats and the way he plays for Australia in the other series as well. Yeah. Uh, but looking at Australia's point of view, I think it's going to be a big headache for Cummins and the coach staff or whomsoever is in the back end because they have to choose a, a pair who is going to ball with Pat Cummins and Lionel, the whole Ashes series. Every match, they have to be bang their heads over whom, whom to choose and whom not to choose. Hashtag Niza must play. Uh, I think Niza will play sometime in the Ashes. I'm not sure if he's going to start in the first test, but uh, I'm pretty confident that uh, he's going to play some role for Australia during the course of five se- uh, five test match series. I think for the first test, I think uh, Australia is a pretty stable unit. Uh, they pick they pick this uh, they pick themselves out. Uh, but the only question is, uh, do they bring in Hazelwood or not? I personally would feel uh, it's, it's it's a great idea to bring Hazelwood in place of Stark, but not in place of Boland. Yes. I know Australia will be losing the left-arm angle, the X-factor, uh, creating footmarks for Lyon. And is also a pretty decent uh, tail-ender as well, who's going to give you 20-30 runs consistently. They're going to lose out on all those things. And don't get me wrong, Stark is an absolute superstar for Australia. I think he's one of the yes. uh, he's one of the white white ball greats. I think his record speaks for himself in the one day cricket. Even in Test cricket, three hundred plus wickets, an average of sub 30, 26, 27 average, amazing strike rate. Stark is an all timer, but uh, in England, I think he's going to uh, his style of bowling is not well suited. I think the history also suggests that even in the 2019 matches, he played only one game. <clears throat> that was in Manchester when they won the when they when they made sure that the urn stays with Australia. I think it was in the fourth test, if I'm not wrong. So 
uh it's it's always great to have hazelwood in place of stark this uh, i think australia will should will and should go that way rather than dropping boland who has been been scintillating form totally agreeable yeah but if they are unsure mate they might want to go with the ballard on whom to choose that would be the best option or yeah <laughs> they can outsource it how all the australians vote up on their instagram channel who oh, which bowler to play the first test and the yeah, i think in, in that case i think boland will win hands down <laughs> yeah definitely but i would love to see neeser in the squad but you know that whatever it is it will be you know they'll come back with all the guns blazing again because they are high on the uh, you know winning the world test championship as well but on the other side it's not about the fast bowling i would like to talk about it's about the spinning department for the england moin ali is back out of the retirement and there's been all this hype around him so what are you going to make of it as mark butch pointed out they're not bringing michael jordan out of retirement it's moin ali uh, he's just a replacement for jack leach i think jack leach is a much better spinner than moin ali moin ali brings an overall better package uh, because of his all round ability but in terms of spin bowling i think he's a pretty ordinary bowler he done he has done well against india though in a couple of test matches but uh, out and out moin ali uh, nothing to fear about uh australia will try to attack him i've done they have done that in the past moin ali has a terrible record against australia especially uh he has a terrible record against nathan lyon i think nathan lyon picked him like six or seven times or even more so moin ali is a great addition for england in terms of their overall balance to the side as it brings a lot of batting uh, yes. but as far as in the bowling department uh, i'm not really sure what moin ali has to offer because uh, he's a pretty pretty ordinary bowler in red ball cricket how i see this is because he's coming at the lower order that's going to be a big addition to england in terms of batting also he is a full time off spinner for england of course most of the wickets are against i don't want to say this but it's india i think it's india who gave him the breakthrough and made him a professional spinner here but if i look at the stats out of 200 wickets he got he got 105 wickets in his home ground like in england and uh, also there are five batters in australia stop order so i think uh, england is looking at it this way rather than the comparison between the jack leach and moin ali uh, i hope not to eat a humble pie after the five test series moin ali who knows might come in handy because probably i i spoke too soon now considering the numbers you bought up <laughs> bought up uh, but i think uh, australia coming from an indian tour i think uh, they have played in harshest of spinning conditions even in the world test championship final they, they gave away wickets to jadeja but by and large they played him out pretty decent uh, so I don't think Moin Ali will be a major threat. Of course, he's going to be a threat sometime in the day four, day five pitch, or even when England are six or seven down. Moin Ali is going to pose different challenges to Australia. But purely from a spinner's point of view, I don't think Moin Ali uh, will pose that much of a threat to Australia in comparison to English team attack. Yes, and again, as I mentioned, England have rejuvenated Test cricket with the tag called baseball. Fair to call them as England 2.0, but there is a scare for Australia. Steve Smith got an injury in the nets so there's there's going to be a doubtful thing that if he's going to make it to the first test or not uh, if that happens i think australia are setting themselves for an absolute disaster i think uh, england will steamroll them considering that purely from purely from an unconventional approach uh, australia do have a great seam attack they have a you know really great spinner in nathan lyon but 
the challenge of containing england is going to be massive uh, you know uh, especially for traditional sort of a bowlers like hazelwood or pat cummins who are like 6 to 8 meters from the off stump in and around that area england are going to like uh, uh, you know set them up for uh, the slog over the deep mid wicket or they going to take take them down the ground so from pure instinctive point of view and from uh, the the form which england brings in australia are not really favorites a lot of people are saying that australia will win the ashes but i highly doubt i've been following australian cricket for almost like 15 20 years i think they have been my favorite side over the over the past uh, over the past 10 or 15 years or even more i i know them uh, i don't know them personally but uh, yeah i i really know what kind of brand they play and Australia are going to struggle. I think uh, England are going to start favourites. I won't be surprised if uh, England sweep away the entire Ashes this time around. Let's evaluate both the sides. Looking at England, I only see there is one loophole. I wouldn't even call it as a loophole if they are performing well because it's going to be at their home. It's Zach Crawley and Ben Duckett. I know Ben Duckett has got a century right last test. And apart from that, I don't see that there is anything that we can get it from England. Everyone is... fearless they are just batting like they are relaxed they are batting their best time of their life and we have the gold bowlers stored broad james anderson and uh, i can keep naming them ollie robinson has been doing well for a while now and looking at australia they are high on confidence they have the skill but it's going to be a close battle and i guess england has a edge over there yeah i think it for england i think they don't really care who opens for them or who even bats for them they'll be absolutely happy if someone is going to get them like 40 of 30 balls or disrupting the tempo of the game australia like to have a lot of control over the tempo of the game like they like to keep fielders in the deep they want to play the game at their pace and at their uh, at their level but uh, england will make sure that uh, australia cannot maintain the tempo of the game especially for a bowler like lion who's going to play a key holding role for australia i think england are going to attack him left right and center lion is going to go for a lot of runs uh and even fast bowlers pat cummins etc are not really adept in containing they are you know they, they play their best while they are uh, playing within themselves and controlling the tempo but england are going to make sure nothing of that sort happens in the ashes uh, they going to come all guns blazing get ready for a 300 run a day or even a 400 run a day or even a 500 run a day period yes true that but th- I just want to bring about the legend here. This is the first ever Ashes that going to witness uh, after Shane Warne has ever passed away. I think we will really miss him because his his voice in commentary box and the way he predicts the games and most of his predictions are true. The analyzing the way he analyzes everything. I think we are really going to miss him. Shane Warne reads a game of cricket like a newspaper. Uh he knows exactly what's happening on the field. He will know what needs to be done to achieve something uh his strategies, plans. We've seen that over his career. I think uh even uh, even as a broadcaster, even as a commentator, uh Shane Warne plays a massive role in attracting people to watch the game. You know, the sheer brand value of Shane Warne, people will really tune into when he's when he starts uh, when he starts speaking about the game. So he's been my favorite player. Uh, he will be my favorite player. Uh, I think Shane Warne will be missed, no doubt about it. Yeah, definitely, because with the amount of legends that we have in the commentary box for the Ashes, Kumar Sangakkara, Matthew Head, and Justin Langer, I think they would be wishing to have Shane Warne in the box as well. 
well uh, you know it's yeah. very sad to miss him but anyways coming back to the ashes battle it's going to be a very close battle fiery battle and this is going to kick start from this friday so we are going to bring more excitement to all our cricket lovers so don't forget to hit the bell icon on spotify and oh come on you don't want to miss updates from us so why don't you just go ahead and follow on instagram for some spicy stuff thank you for listening to amateur cricket box cheers